Hello, and welcome to another healthcare marketing podcast from Healthcare Success. I'm Lonnie Hirsch, co-founder of Healthcare Success, a full-service healthcare marketing firm serving clients across the U.S. Our guest for today's podcast is Dr. Neil Baum. Dr. Baum is a nationally recognized urologist, speaker, and author. He has been in the private practice of urology in New Orleans, Louisiana, since 1978. As a speaker, Dr. Baum shares his extensive experience from his urologic practice in ways that can apply to most medical practices and health systems. He regularly speaks to practices, hospitals, and pharmaceutical and medical manufacturing companies on improving communications between physicians and patients, practice management, guerrilla marketing and practice promotion, and motivation. Dr. Baum has authored five books, including most recently, The Complete Business Guide for a Successful Medical Practice, which is available on Amazon.com. I will be interviewing Dr. Baum today on the topic of shared medical appointments. Neil, welcome to our podcast, and thanks for being with us to share your insights. Well, you know, Lonnie, I've been after you for years to invite me uh, on to do one of your uh, (laughs) programs, so I'm delighted to be here and uh, I'm highly motivated to do a good job. Well, thank you. I'm sure our listeners appreciate that, and I certainly do as well. Um, Okay, my first question would be from a business perspective, why would a doctor want to provide shared appointments? Well, you know, we are undergoing a paradigm shift in healthcare today, and that is there we are obligated to find new and innovative ways to take care of our patients. In the past, uh, we had, from the time of Hippocrates till just recently, had the concept of one-on-one, physician with a patient in a private uh, setting, and that was the way medicine was practiced until a few years ago. Now, we are using telemedicine to communicate with patients Uh, at a great distance from our office. We are using emails to, uh, again, to communicate with our patients in a different fashion than we have in the past. And now we are seeing for the first time the concept of a shared medical appointment, where instead of seeing uh, one patient at a time, we are able to see many patients at a time. As a result, we have significantly improved our efficiency, we can increase our productivity, we can use this concept of the shared medical appointment to allow us to see patients quickly, patients who call and have a problem that is not an acute problem, can be offered a shared medical appointment and they can be seen Uh, quicker than if they are given a standard appointment. And I'll go on to elaborate on that, on this, as how I use the shared medical appointment in in my practice. And the other thing that I think is of interest is that it allows the physician to avoid burnout and boredom. You know, it isn't quite as exciting uh, to see a patient uh, one-on-one, if you uh, see uh, a patient and you're having a discussion about a common 
problem that you are discussing multiple times a day, you can get a little bored with the concept of uh, talking about that over and over again. And so uh, it, this is a really nice opportunity to reach out and try something different. And to me, that is very, very exciting. And because this is so well accepted, uh, I think it is going to be something that more and more uh, physicians are going to embrace in the very, very near future. Well, it sounds very interesting. Uh, I can imagine, though, that many of our listeners might be concerned about how to avoid HIPAA issues in shared appointment settings. I, you know, it's shared appointments you know, sound like they might be running contrary to patient privacy considerations. So what are the HIPAA issues as you see them? Well, I think it is important that the patients uh, recognize that they're going to be seen uh, with other patients who have a very similar problem, and they need to know that they're uh, going to be in the company of others and that they need to sign a confidentiality agreement that uh, states that they know that uh, they are going to be sharing or have the opportunity of sharing their medical problem with others, and they have the responsibility that after they leave the shared medical appointment that it is important that they don't discuss what happened at the meeting with others outside. I think if they sign the confidentiality agreement Legally, I don't think there is any issue if they sign the agreement that they're going to be discussing this uh, in front of other people and that they can uh, opt to share uh, their particular medical problem or nuances of their medical problem, or they can decide not to. I think it's real important when selecting people for the shared medical appointment that they understand that this is going, going to take place. And so I have checked this, and it is really not an issue or a problem. Well, thank you for that explanation, because uh, I think that's probably a common question. Uh, can you um, give us an example of a common condition in your own practice that might lend itself particularly well to the shared medical appointment model? Uh, there, there are three conditions that I think in a uro urology practice that lend themselves to a shared medical appointment. Uh, one is erectile dysfunction. Uh, commonly, men who are treated for impotence have tried multiple drugs, multiple uh, options, and they've run out of options, and they're ready for surgery. And this is a opportunity to discuss, you know, with patients this particular option. And if you have a patient who has had uh, the problem and has, uh, will get up and share his experience, which is easy to find a patient advocate, and we can perhaps talk about how to use the patient advocate. It works very, very well in terms of letting patients know that they're not alone, that, they're, that they have a problem that is very, very common, and that a solution is available. So w one of the uh, motivations for doing this 
is that you can move the needle of these patients from being uh, kind of interested to moving them to proceeding with a surgical procedure. And so that's one of my motivations for having these kinds of meetings and these kinds of appointments is it allows you to get them to move forward towards having a surgical procedure. Another one is vasectomy. Uh, I do probably five to seven vasectomy uh, procedures a week. And if I see a patient and have to explain to him that this is a permanent form of contraception, the risks are bleeding infection and failure, and that they're not sterile right after the procedure, and it can take me anywhere from five to ten, five to ten minutes to give that explanation. I find that if I explain it two to three times a day, I get my, I find myself a little bit bored saying it over and over again. Now I can say it one time, and I can say it to 10 patients, and almost every one of them will decide to proceed you know, with the, with the vasectomy. The beauty of it is, is that a patient who were to call my office today and ask for a vasectomy consultation couldn't be seen until August. Now we know when we're having, within the next two weeks, our vasectomy shared medical appointment, we can get them in much, much sooner. Another example is chronic conditions. Uh, I don't do uh, interstitial cystitis, but I know there are groups uh, like uh, Kaiser Permanente that does interstitial cystitis, a urology practice there. I know it also is done at Cleveland Clinic, and both of those also have prostate cancer uh, following treatment to discuss the problems that occur in these patients to letting them know that they don't have to suffer in silence because they have a problem of urinary incontinence uh, or erectile dysfunction. So those are three examples in my practice uh, that uh, lend themselves to the shared medical appointment. Well, that's really fascinating. Uh, you know, what you're describing here, particularly uh, some of these topics, you know, my first instinct would be to assume that a lot of men aren't going to want to share their experience, that they consider it a really private or confidential issue. Um, and it doesn't sound like that's um, that's a common uh, uh, observation in your practice. I think men who have men who have these uh, problems need to know that they're not alone. And I tell them I'm having a program with uh, several other patients who have a similar uh, situation, and they are delighted to come, delighted to participate, and the outcome is always excellent. Uh, if we have uh, seven to ten uh, men who come for uh, a shared medical appointment on ED, one or two of them will almost always sign up for a surgical procedure. Well, that's really interesting. So um, can you describe your process for our listeners in terms of how you structure 
a shared appointment. And I mean, in terms of what exactly happens, what do you, how do you uh, introduce the topic? What do you, what do you establish as the kind of the ground rules of, of, you know, participating or sharing, or I'm just trying to get a little bit of an insight into if I was a fly on the wall uh, at one of these appointments, what would I be observing? Well, usually uh, I recognize the patients that would be uh, amenable to this, and I say, say to them, I'm having a, uh, a meeting uh, that uh, will uh, take place on such and such a date. It's late in the afternoon. It's when the office uh, closes. Uh, I mean, the last patients are, have already been seen. It's held in the, in the reception uh, area. Uh, we limit it to 10 uh, patients. I recommend starting with three to five in the beginning till the doctor, and you have to have a medical assistant, you know, to assist because they need to take, you know, vital signs beforehand. And we can talk about the billing part of it uh, if you like, but the important thing is that it really is a, a full medical appointment where the vital signs are taken, it's recorded, in the uh, patient's uh, record and that all the lab work that is necessary uh, for their visit is already made available by, by the uh, nursing assistant. Uh, they, we do supply light refreshments, very healthy. We start on time, we end on time, we allow 90 minutes. Uh, I open with a three to five minute discussion, short as I can make it. I used to use slides. You don't need to use slides. It, 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 I want it informal as opposed to formal. The seating arrangement is uh, semi-circular, so everybody can see every, uh, you know, everybody. Uh, then I have a patient advocate give a three to five minute presentation. They're a patient that's already been treated for the problem of erectile dysfunction, and they uh, are able and willing to answer in, any questions. And then we go around the room, and usually the uh, medical assistant, you know, I don't want it to be just entirely run by me, but the medical assistant uh, goes around the room, and we ask people their opinions or what issues and questions that, that they may that they may have, and then we go on to uh, at the end. She continues to answer any questions, and then I offer to see the patient in an exam room, and I answer any additional uh, questions that they have, and then I ask them to complete a patient uh, satisfaction survey, which is very important. So I get feedback on. Uh, how useful it is. They can sign it or not sign it. Most of the patients do sign it. I also ask them if they would go online uh, to one of the rating sites to uh, uh, review uh, their experience with my practice. So this helps my online reputation management. Maybe we can talk about that either at the end today or at a, on another occasion because Online reputation management is vital to the success of any physician today. So I like to capture testimonials right at the top point of service, and I also want to capture, ask them 
if they would go on and rate their experience uh, with my practice at one of the rating sites like healthgrades.com, Yelp, uh, RateMD, uh, ZocDoc, any of these. I pick the ones and I try to make it so it populates all the other ones. So I, my goal is to try to get as close to five stars as I can. And uh, for the most part, uh, I've been able to do it. And a lot of it comes from the shared medical appointments where I can get 10, you know, um, ratings, you know, at one time by asking at one time. So this works very, very well for multiple purposes in addition to getting people to move towards a surgical procedure, but also to enhance and improve my online reputation. It sounds really efficient, also sounds effective. I'm just wondering, how do you or can you quantify the value uh, in your business of the shared appointments model, either in terms of income or physician time or any kind of other efficiency standard? Here's how I do it. You Essentially, uh, most doctors allot 15 minutes for each patient. Uh, that's not always the best way, but that's kind of the standard uh, that we see uh, throughout you know, this country. Uh, therefore, if you wanted to see 10 patients, it would be uh, 100 and, uh, 150 minutes. Now you can see 10 patients in 1.5 hours. As a result, you save one hour. But that's not why I did this and go into it. I did this because I think I can communicate better with lots of patients than one, one at a time. I think the patients like to know that there are other patients like them, that they're not alone, that they uh, are having a problem that is, sh you know, that is common to other people, and that they find that there are solutions to the problem. And patients often give their suggestions and their ideas that are so helpful to the other patients. And so I find that the education that the patient gets is much greater than I could do in a 10 to 15 minute office visit. So if you're, I don't want your uh, listeners to think you do this just because you can uh, become more, more efficient and more productive. That's certainly one reason, and that's certainly one of my motivations. But my other motivation is that you can educate people a lot better, and you don't have to live and die by the concept of seeing one patient at a time. That is antiquated. Now, the majority of my patients are seen one at a time, but that's an antiquated solution. Now, instead of returning phone calls, I'm doing emails. Uh, I also have face-to-face uh, uh, -face conversations, you know, with people using telemedicine. So, uh, you know, we are shifting the way we care for patients, and it's, I believe it is better and it is much more efficient as well as productive. But the point that I'm trying to make is that you really don't go into this with the idea that it is a, a, a money maker or it is a, a, for the purpose of just being uh, more
more efficient and productive. You do it because it's better medicine. You can better explain things to patients. Patients like it, and the patient satisfaction surveys that I get are absolutely outstanding, and we very seldom find a patient that doesn't want to come back. Now, the vasectomy patients, they come in one time, sign up for the, you know, get the examination, sign up for the procedure, and of course, they don't come back. But I'm talking to patients with the chronic conditions, they do come back. They do enjoy it. Now, it does require, you know, a doctor who is very comfortable, you know, doing speaking, and it requires a facilitator, such as a medical assistant or a, a, a nurse, who can help, you know, make the patients feel comfortable there and get the patients so they are talking to one another and sharing their uh, medical experiences. For want of a better word, how do you promote uh, the availability of the shared medical appointments to patients? Is that all done in one-on-one -on -one conversations where you kind of have some criteria in your mind based on the initial appointment with the patient that they'd be uh, receptive to and a good fit for a shared medical appointment? Or how do you, you know, do do patients uh, across your practice know that you offer this or it's just very selective and you communicate when you think they're a good fit? There, there, there is a, uh, a sign in the reception area that states that we have it on such and such a date. Uh, occasionally, they will see that and ask to sign, to sign up for it. They usually ask, what is it? And so then we can explain it, and the receptionist is very knowledgeable about it, and she, and she can explain it. But basically, it comes down to their medical condition, you know, that, that they are pre-qualified. They are patients who have a particular problem that uh, I wish to discuss in a shared medical appointment, and that is usually done, recognized by the medical assistant or the nurse as, you know, this patient would really be good, you know, at, at, your, at your next meeting. And so they often discuss it. For vasectomy patients, these are new patients, the receptionist says, you can see Dr. Baum by, you know, uh, uh, as a regular appointment, but that'll be in August, or we are having uh, what's called a shared medical appointment where he will be seeing 10 other men who are interested in vasectomy, and he will be having a short discussion. He will show, show a short video, and then he will examine you at the, at the end of the discussion and answer any additional questions you may have. So that is done by the receptionist, but most of it is done by recognition. And we also recognize the personalities. Uh, if someone is very quiet, shy, uh, introverted, they probably wouldn't do as well, uh, well, I know they wouldn't do as well at a shared medical appointment, but patients who are comfortable talking uh, about their problem and are good uh, communicators uh, will make for an excellent shared medical appointment. How often do you uh, schedule these shared medical appointments in your practice? Uh, for vasectomy, it's once a month. For erectile dysfunction, it's about once every two months or every three months. And you have to do it over and over again in order to make it effective. It's not a one-time thing. You won't, you won't reap the benefit of it if you only do it one time, and you won't get comfortable with it. 
you have right. to have, develop a certain comfort level. It's almost like pub, public speaking or being on TV. In order, to, you have to leave your comfort zone of being able to talk to a patient one-on-one. -on -one. Instead, you have to learn that you're going to be speaking to many patients, so you have to learn to look around the room and look at different patients and, uh, again, get the patients comfortable so they're talking. And then that's where the facilitator comes in and asks them their opinion or asks if they would share you know, what they have had done or what they have tried. And then you get the, the patient advocate also gets very involved. I, I try to not make it so I'm doing all the talking. I, I would like it, and, and, I, and I think you know me well enough, I like to talk. <laughs> but I think it's important that you get the patients talking. Then it becomes something is truly shared rather than me being the talking head. If it was just that, I would just show a video of myself and then not even be present. But I think it is very important to pull out of them their stories, their situation, their concerns, that they've seen other physicians, and they really like it. The patients really like it and enjoy it. So just like uh, patients having a certain personality profile that might, you know, lend itself to them being more comfortable with that kind of shared appointment setting, uh, would it be true to also assume that that applies to which providers uh, would be good as well as comfortable in uh, offering these shared medical appointments. I realize that you get more comfortable the more you do it and the more uh, familiarity you have with it, but are, are there certain types of providers that just naturally, uh, you know, um, pick up on this quickly and others who you might say, well, you know, if you feel like you're forcing an issue, maybe it's not right for you. Well, you know that the, the average physician uh, the average patient encounter with a, a physician, the doctor interrupts the patient after uh, 16 seconds. Have you ever heard that before? Yes, I have. The doctor that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, parental and directive and taking charge uh, probably wouldn't do as well as that. The one who can, is patient-centered, the doctor who is patient-centered, allows the patient to talk, is a good listener, that doctor will probably do far better than one who is more authoritative and more directive and, it, you know, tell the patient this is the way it is, this is what you do, this is how, you know, that, that kind of a physician probably wouldn't do as well in a shared medical appointment as the doctor who can keep quiet and is a good listener. Uh, can a physician assistant do this, or or does it have to be a, a, a doctor? Absolutely, physician assistant definitely, you know, could could do this. You know, could you know be could be done very easily by a physician assistant. I think there should be a doctor available, you know, to mm -hmm. answer any you know additional. He doesn't necessarily have to attend the whole thing. Could be done by a physician assistant, and then. Uh, the doctor would examine the patient and then offer to answer any, any questions that they have. And then the uh, physician assistant could be running the program while the doctor is doing the examination. So 
So that could be a very nice one-two tandem approach to this situation. Well, this has been great. Uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts or comments on this topic before we wrap up? I think this is something that uh, should be in a doctor's armamentarium. If a doctor finds himself telling uh, or discussing a condition with the patient over and over again multiple times during the day or multiple times during the week, I think the doctor ought to strongly consider shifting that seeing many patients as to seeing one patient at a time. I think also the doctor that is backlogged and patients can't get in to see him and have uh, more than two months of uh, uh, waiting time to get access to the physician, this is a way of enhancing access to the physician. I think it is something that is worth trying. I have written a, a white paper on this, I have a manuscript, and Lonnie, I'll be happy to share it with you, and you are welcome to share it with your uh, physicians and your clients if uh, they are interested in proceeding with the concept of the shared medical appointment. Well, thank you, Neil, and we definitely will take you up on that offer, and uh, for our listeners, we'll publish uh, the white paper along with an article when we post the uh, audio podcast, and uh, so everybody who subscribes to our uh, e-newsletter, blog, and, and podcast series is going to uh, get all of that information. Um, and I really appreciate your time and your knowledge on this. I'm sure our listeners and subscribers have uh, gained a lot of valuable information from today's discussion. I certainly know I did. Um, so our guest today, again, has been Dr. Neil Baum, author, speaker, and practicing urologist in New Orleans. Again, Neil's newest book, available with all of his books on Amazon.com, is The Complete Business Guide for a Successful Medical Practice. And please join us again for our next podcast. This is Lonnie Hirsch, co-founder of Healthcare Success, wishing you success in your practice or hospital.